Impact Time is a podcast about building businesses, wealth, and financial freedom. We try to uncover the challenges our guests faced, the mistakes they made, and the steps they took to achieve their goals. The overall objective is to provide you with a roadmap that leads to your own success. Sean Tepper is your host. Are you ready? It's payback time. What if you could generate $10,000 a month on land? Does that sound too good to be true? In this episode, my next guest breaks down how to find high value land opportunities, what websites you should use, how to monetize those opportunities, and how to reduce the risk of losing money. Please welcome Mark Podolsky. Mark, welcome to the show. Sean, thank you so much for having me. Glad to have you here. So I've been a longtime subscriber of yours. So I was really excited to see your name come across the the interested parties to join the Payback Time podcast. So um, I'm going to hand it over to you. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your background? Yeah. So if we rewind the tape to 2000, I was a miserable, micromanaged, 45-minute commute to work and back investment banker specializing in mergers and acquisitions with private equity groups. And Sean, it got so bad for me. I wouldn't get the Sunday blues anticipating Monday coming around. Yes, I'd get the Friday blues anticipating the weekend going by really fast and having to be back at work on Monday. So my firm hires this guy and he's telling me that as a side hustle, he's buying up raw land, pennies on the dollar at tax deed auctions. He's flipping them online and he's making a 300% return on his investment. But Sean, I'm looking at companies all day long. In a great company, great, has 15% EBITDA margins or free cash flow. Average companies, 10%. And I'm looking at companies all day long, less than 10%. So of course, I don't believe him. I've got three grand saved up for car repairs. I go to New Mexico with him. I do exactly what he tells me to do. I buy 10 half acre parcels, an average price of $300 each. I flip them online and they all sell for an average price of $1,200 each, 300%, it worked. So I took all that money and went to another auction in Arizona, which is where I live. And again, this is 2000. There's no one in the room. And I buy it lots and acreage for like nothing. I sell all that land and I made over $90,000 cash. So I go to my wife and she's pregnant. I said, honey, I'm going to quit my job and become a full-time land investor. <laughs> and she's like, absolutely not. So I said, okay, okay. So it took 18 months for the land investing income to exceed the investment banking income. And then I quit. I've been doing it full-time ever since. I've done over 6,000 transactions and I absolutely love it. That is incredible. Investment banking, you know, I look at that career choice kind of like management consulting. You're probably working a lot of hours. The the Friday blues is rare. A lot of people, they'll get to that Sunday and they're like, oh gosh, I got I got a dread. But to have that even on Friday, that shows the weight of how much stress you were dealing with. But both these careers and specifically investment banking can pay really well. So that's impressive. And you said 18 months, you're able to exceed that income or surpass it. It's incredible. Yeah. yeah. So let's dive right in because our audience wants to know how can they get involved in this type of you know, investment opportunity? Let's just use examples here. Are you looking for, um, do you have like a software that helps you find hot areas that are going to have a fast turnaround or, or what's your strategy? Okay. So Sean, I'm going to walk you step-by-step through the exact model and we're going to use you as a case study. So you're in Wisconsin. So yep. I'm going to assume that you own five acres of raw land in Colorado and you owe $200 in back taxes. So this is public information I get from the county treasurer or county assessor, right? So all I'm going to do 
is look at, and by the way, before I even do that, why, why does it even matter that you're in Wisconsin, the property's in Colorado? Why do I care if you owe back taxes? Because you're advertising two important things to me. Number one, you have no emotional attachment to that raw land. You're in Wisconsin, property's in Colorado. And number two, you're distressed financially in some weird way. Because we don't pay for things like our property taxes. We don't value them in the same way. As a result, the county treasurer keeps sending you notices saying, Sean, if you don't pay your property taxes, you're going to lose that property to a tax deed or a tax lien investor. So all I'm going to do is look at the comparable sales on your five-acre parcels for the last 12 to 18 months. I'm going to take the lowest comparable sale, let's say it's $10,000, and divide by four. And that's going to get me what Warren Buffett would call a 300% margin of safety. So I'm going to send you an actual offer of $2,500 on your five-acre parcel. Now for you, $2,500 is better than nothing, so you accept it. Now in reality, 3 to 5% of people accept my quote-unquote top dollar offer. But now that you've accepted it, I have to go through due diligence or in-depth research. Number one, I got to confirm, you still own the property. Number two, I have to confirm back taxes are only $200. Then I have to make sure there's been no breaks in the chain of title. There's no liens or encumbrances. And I have this long property checklist. But of course, I have a very simple philosophy, Sean. I can always make more money. I can't get more time. So I outsource that to my team in the Philippines. They're connected to an American title company. Now, if this is $5,000 or more, we just close traditionally through a title company. But it's only $2,500. So I'm going to outsource that piece. Uh, I'll pay about $11. And while they're doing the due diligence, they're getting me plat maps and aerial maps and satellite maps, the GIS maps, all the things I'm going to need for my marketing. So let's assume that everything checks out. So I'm going to then send you a check for $2,300, the treasurer check for $200. Now I own that five-acre parcel free and clear. Now, Sean, I'm going to sell this property 30 days or less, and I'm going to make a cash flow like a rental home. So I have a built-in best buyer. Do you know who it is? Who? The neighbors. The neighbors. So mm. I'm going to send out neighbor letters saying, hey, here's your opportunity. Protect your privacy. Protect your views. Know your neighbor. So oftentimes, the neighbors will buy it. Now, if the buyers pass, I'm sorry, the neighbors pass, I'll go to my buyers list. The buyers list passes, I'll go to a little website you may have heard of. It's called Craigslist, the 15th mm-hmm. most trafficked website in the United States. I'll go to one I know you've heard of called Meta or Facebook, buy, sell groups in the marketplace. And then I'm going to go to the lands, landmoto.com, landsofamerica.com, landandfarm.com, landflip.com, landhub.com. These are platforms where people buy and sell raw land. But Sean, there's a secret. You want to know what it is? Please continue. I'm going to make it irresistible for the next buyer. So all I'm going to ask for is a $2,500 down payment to control this five-acre parcel. So I'm going to get my money out on the down payment. I could go six to 10 months out, and then I'll just make it a car payment. Let's say $297 a month for the next 84 months at 9% interest. So it's a one-time sale. I'm going to get my money out as soon as possible. And now I've got $297 a month for the next 84 months at 9% interest. And Sean, no renters, no rehabs, no renovations. No broken toilets. No broken toilets, no rodents. (laughs) And because I'm not dealing with a tenant, I'm exempt from Dodd-Frank, RESPA, and the SAFE Act, all this onerous real estate legislation. So all, or just the simple game we want to play is, can we create enough land notes where our passive income exceeds our fixed expenses? And now we're working because we want to, 
not because we have to. Right. Incredible business model. I've never seen this before. Thanks for walking it through it. Let's let's uh, simplify this a little bit more. And I just want to repeat back to you with, with some examples. So let's say um, you find essentially you're looking for owners who are having trouble paying for their land. Is that correct? That's who you're targeting? Okay, so that's going to be our lowest hanging fruit. But okay. once we find a good market, I'll mail everybody. I don't care. I don't care if you're in-state. <laughs> okay. I don't care if you're out-of-state. I don't care if you're current. I don't care if you owe back taxes. But really, my lowest hanging fruit into a new county, out of state, back taxes. Got it. So they're behind on their taxes. They can't pay for their land, and you're and and essentially there's an there's an issue with them is they're not putting in the effort to go to the neighbors and go to the places that you just listed. They're just in a tough spot and not taking action. Is that correct? Absolutely. I mean, this would literally okay. be like if I sent you an offer of 25, 30 cents on the dollar for everything in your garage you're not using. <laughs> uh, right. Yes. Now you could easily take pictures of everything and you know sell it yourself, right? But you have a big life and that's not something you're interested in doing. And it's the same thing, you know, with people that want to sell their raw land. They don't want to go through the, you know, mental bandwidth of learning how to sell their raw land. Right. And let's face it, if it's a ten thousand dollar piece of property, the local realtor don't want it. Right. They're not going to make any money. So we're kind of the only game in town. Yeah. Very interesting. I I can imagine it's not too attractive because this is not super glamorous from like a business model standpoint, but it is from the numbers standpoint, the residual aspect, the lack of maintenance. It's absolutely brilliant. I, I remember hearing this on a podcast years ago. You were with, I forgot who, but um, I was really intrigued because those those are the points that called out to me is the residual income with no maintenance against it. I love it. Yeah. All, all we do is shuffle paper and make money, but you couldn't be, you know, you really hit the nail on the head. Like you couldn't think of a more boring model, <laughs> right? <laughs> right? Like, like you're not going to see about HGTV on flip this land. The before picture no. is raw land. The after picture is raw land and it's just boring, yeah. but it's, it, well it's, it's a lot of fun. So in this case, I want to walk through the residual standpoint. You gave an example where you asked for the down payment of twenty five hundred, and then it was it. Did you say eighty months thereafter? Uh, eighty eighty four a- months. Let's say eighty four okay. months. Or I mean, it really. Okay. It just depends on what your yield is going to be. So are so, you asking for um, just for nice round numbers, like a fifty percent down payment, and then fifty percent paid off in installments over a duration thereafter? For every thousand dollars I have in my investment. Yeah, I want to make my monthly payment of a hundred dollars a month. Okay. So, for example, if I buy a piece of property for five thousand dollars, then I'd like that monthly payment to be five hundred dollars a month, and then I can adjust it depending on my down payment. So, I want to get my money out, you know, with within that that time payback period, time, a payback. Yeah, time. and and then you're trying to sell on average. Let's say you buy a property for five thousand. Are you trying to sell it for a three x? Well. I, my typical margin is going to be, you know, on a terms deal, 800 to 1200% because wow. it's time value of money. Now on a cash flip, it's going to be 300%. Got it. Okay. So it's almost ideal to go with the financed route where they're paying you something over a longer term because you're going to get that 1200 potentially. Yeah. 1200. Like, I mean, I don't want cash. I want cash flow. Yes. Right. Right. Yeah. Exactly. You want you want to be sitting back, enjoying time with your family, traveling, doing whatever you want, knowing in the back of your mind that you're getting residual payments every month. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, you know, if we do some fun math, right? 
Yeah. So let, let's say you get to ten thousand dollars a month of passive income. Yep. Which you know, which takes people, you know, let's say twelve to eighteen months to do if they're if they're serious about this business. So that's one hundred twenty thousand dollars annually, right? And you go to your banker and you say, "Hey, how much money would I need to deposit mm-hmm. at an aggressive two percent interest rate to throw off in passive income one hundred twenty thousand dollars a year?" And your banker would say, "Oh, yeah, no problem, Sean. Six million dollars." How long would it take somebody to mm. literally save up six million to throw off one hundred twenty thousand dollars, <laughs> you know, uh, a year in passive income? Right, right, ridiculous. Long time. Yep. Can you talk about what are the, some of the risks with this model? If somebody's hearing this podcast episode and they're like, "Hey, I'm actually intrigued in doing this, but I want to minimize my downside risk." Yeah, I think the biggest risk is, you know, let's say that you're mailing in Ohio or Pennsylvania maybe Wisconsin, right? Mm-hmm. Anywhere in the Rust Belt. So you don't want to buy an area that we call a Superfund site or has environmental issues because now you're responsible for like millions of dollars of cleanup. And the only way to you know check that is to go to like epa.gov and look up Superfund sites. So that's, that's the one big risk. Um, the second big risk is I, I think, you know, if you overpay, if you don't, look at your numbers. You don't look at the comparable sales. You're not well-educated. You just start right. doing this after listening to a podcast. Um, that could be a risk. Got it. To, and then to minimize the risk, do you serve as a, do you have like a coaching platform or courses or do you serve as a consultant to help people through this process? Yeah. So we definitely help people and teach people how to do this. So my whole purpose in life now is to help people to get out of what I call solo economic dependency, which means if they're personally not working, they're not making any money. So think about anybody with a job, a freelancer, right? even people that have solved their money problems, but not their time problems, doctors, lawyers, dentists. So we teach them step-by-step how to do this model so that they can you know, retire their spouse or replace their income. Yep. They can live their best life, solve their money and time problems, and move up Maslow's hierarchy of needs into self, self-actualization to really figure out what they really want to do with their life. So I've got a, a free course, uh, how to double your money 30 days or less. And that way, because the only the best way to learn anything is by doing it. So I take all the risk away and just go to landgeek.com forward slash quick deals, landgeek.com forward slash quick deals, take the course, see if the business even resonates with you. It's not going to resonate with everybody, but if it mm-hmm. resonates with you, then you can go deeper into the model, deeper into the education, and, and really start building a business. Got it, got it, okay. Let's take a quick commercial break. Hey, this is Sean. I just wanna say thanks a lot for checking out this podcast. I know there's a lot of other podcasts you could be listening to, so thanks for checking out this one. Could you do me a quick favor? If you haven't done so already, could you leave us a five-star rating on either Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google, or any other platform you use to listen to podcasts? What this will do is help us rank higher in the uh, podcast search engines, you could say. So that would be much appreciated. Also, if there are any questions you want me to ask the guests or a specific topic you want me to address, please go to our Ticker Facebook group. You can leave a comment there and I'd love to hear what you have to say. All right, back to the show. So to get started with... uh, with this business model, you know, I obviously starting point is to start with you, your site, your courses, any kind of dollar amount expectation people should start with. 
You know, I get this question all the time. I start with $3,000. I have clients who start with $500. I think you want $500 for mailing because okay. even if you don't have the money, let's say, for example, you know, you lock up a deal, it's $10,000, right? Well, if you have enough money to mail the neighbors, the neighbor then will pay you on a cash deal. Let's say it's $30,000. Mm-hmm. Now you have an infinite return. You take the, the $20,000, you pay the 10 to your seller, and you do a dual close. You just put to the recorder, hey, record this deed first, record this deed second. So I think $500 is, is a good number to start with. Got it. And with that dollar amount getting started, over what kind of duration and what kind of dollar amount can people expect to generate? Because my audience is going to love to hear the answer to that question is, how much residual revenue can I generate? Yeah. So for every $100,000 of capital that you throw in the land, it should throw off $10,000 a month in a passive income. Uh-huh. Okay. So it just just some easy numbers there. So 100K in gets you $10,000 a month. Correct. Nice. And what kind of time are we talking about against that? Because you still have to, you're dealing with the lists and you got to reach out to the, you know, different Right. Locations. So if, yeah, exactly. I mean, look, let's just face it. Nobody wants to build themselves another job. So, <laughs> right. you know, so with software, inexpensive virtual assistants and software on the back end, 90% of this business is automated. And so our average coaching client is, you know, we expect them to work in the business creating the systems, the processes, leading their team um, about two hours a day. That's pretty nice for 10K a month. All right, we'll keep going here. What are some of the hot areas in the US that you like to focus on? Yeah, I mean, Sean, let's just face it, right? No offense, but nobody wakes up and thinks to themselves, boy, like some raw land in Wisconsin today, unless you live in Wisconsin. <laughs> so we want That's to focus true. on this the, the sunshine states, right? Arizona, Nevada, Colorado, New Mexico, um, Texas, California, maybe a little bit in the Northwest, uh, Oregon, Washington, Florida. Okay. I was just going to ask, what about Florida? What about the Carolinas? Carolinas too. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. It sounds like the further North you get, not so sunshine States, they become less attractive. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Right. And you're not going to get, you know, a deal 25, 30 cents of the dollar in New York city or an info lot in San Francisco. They're going to go to the biggest, baddest land broker in town and sell that property, you know, 120 cents of the dollar. Right, right. Okay. Over your time doing this, maybe you have a story or maybe one of your customers has a story. Do you have any like major lessons learned the audience could either learn from or maybe have a little chuckle at? Yeah. So when I was first starting, I uh, I was what I call a land snob. So I'm, I'm in Las <laughs> Vegas, New Mexico with my buddy. And we're looking at this land. And it, I mean, Sean, it looked like Chernobyl to me. It was so ugly. And we're driving around and we could buy these properties over the counter. So they already went to auction and nobody even bought them for back taxes. So now they're like selling them for like 50 bucks over the counter, like just to get something for it. And they're half acre parcels. And I, I forget how many there were, but there are a lot. So my buddy's like, hey, why don't we just split it? You know, you take half, I'll take half. He's like, not a problem. And uh, I'm like, dude, I'm not buying any of these. I'm like, if someone goes out there and looks at these properties, two things are going to happen. Number one, they're going to want a refund. Or number two, they're going to sue you for wasting their time. So I'm like, I'm out. So he's like, all right. He's like, well, it's 50 bucks. He's like, I'll just sell them. He's like, even if I double my money, it's fine. Like someone right. might take it for a hundred bucks. Well, he's like, start, he starts selling these things for like a couple thousand bucks. 
right? And he'd email me every day the sale. <laughs> and I would email him back, refund. And he'd sell me, he'd email me another sale. And I'd email him back, lawsuit. And it just kept going on and on. And guess how many refunds he had? Zero. Zero. Guess how many lawsuits? Zero. Yeah, zero. So he made about a hundred grand on that deal, which would have been so it's a fifty thousand dollar mistake I made thinking that I was the buyer. Yeah. There is a pig for every barn. And uh I learned that the hard way. Right, right. Goes back to that old analogy, one man's trash or perceived trash is another man's treasure. And there were people that found value with that property. Do you know what it became today? Is it still land or did somebody build on it? I, I have no idea. It's it's too painful to revisit. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Don't revisit uh, that one. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like, you know, I it's like you you bought Tesla stock at twelve hundred at the right. very top. And then you sold it at 800. You don't keep looking at Tesla. No. Well, no. what's that now? You have moved yeah. on. You'd like You've to moved you on. at least. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, here's a fun one for you. What is the, the biggest investment win you can share? So I uh, started buying up sections of land in Nevada, 640 acre sections, and subdividing them to 40 acre parcels. And I was buying those at about 50 bucks an acre. And selling them for 500 an acre. Whoa. And uh, on that one deal, I made over $5 million. And so it was a huge deal because the railroad had sold off to Morgan Stanley and a Morgan Stanley group. And the Morgan Stanley group then sold off to uh, a public company that just wanted the mineral rights. So they didn't want the land. I just made these lowball offers. I'm like, well, take it. And just keep us, let us have the minerals. We're like, all right, great. So Incredible. That's a situation where timing is critical. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Nice. Well, before we jump into the rapid fire round, is there another question I should have asked, but did not ask you? Yeah. I mean, you know, if I'm listening to this, I'd be skeptical. Like, okay, Mark, well, if it's so great, why are you teaching anybody about this? And so that's exactly what my wife asked me when I started teaching. So I put on my investment banker hat. I said, well, how big is the market? And so there is billions of acres of raw land available just in the United States. You couldn't think of a more boring niche. If we went to a real estate investment association meeting and there's 100 people there, 99 of them will be flippers, landlords, and wholesalers. You and I would be the only land people there. So considering the size of the market, how many, how few people are doing it, you, me, a million people could be in this niche, we'll all run out of money before we run out of deal flow. Not to mention hedge funds, private equity groups, none of them are going to play in this in this niche either. They have too much money. So they want to buy either timberland or productive farmland like a billionaire and make the 8%. Wow. You know what? To kind of piggyback on that last question, it sounds like this is not just limited to the United States because we, ticker, we have we have customers in, gosh, over 50 countries now. And there may be people who are hearing this. And they're all over Europe and Asia and, and South America, so on and so forth. So these people could learn from you and probably apply the same strategy to their area. They, they could. I mean, I teach U.S. land. They can they can buy. You can any, Anyone can buy U.S. land. Mm-hmm. Um, what you have to be aware of is FERPTA, which means that you'll pay 10% income tax to the U.S. government off of your gains. And then you're going to be responsible for the income tax in your own country. So, gotcha. um, and also, you know, some people think, oh, if I buy U.S. land, it's going to make it easier to get a green card. That is not true. 
So um, just gotcha. be aware of that as well. Yep. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Well, this was really educational. What I'd like to do next is transition to the rapid fire round. This is the part of the episode where we get to find out who Mark really is. All right. And if you can try to answer each question in 15 seconds or less. You ready? Uh, I'm going to wipe the brow, like wipe the sweat off my brow. (laughs) Do it. Here here we go. First question. What is your favorite podcast that you listen to? My favorite podcast I listen to is I really like Tim Ferriss and his guests. I really like that podcast, Tim, Tim Ferriss show. Tim is a good host, indeed. Yeah. yeah. All right. What is your What is a recent book you read and would recommend? The Man Who Bought the Waldorf: uh, The Life of Conrad N. Hilton, Thomas Ewing Dabney. This book is insane. Now it's hard to find, but if you can find it, this guy's story is incredible. Um, if it's, I don't want to spoil it. It's an amazing oh, story. It's that good. Okay. Yeah. All right. Put it on the list. All right. Next question is a fun one. What is your favorite movie? So my favorite movie, I love movies, but I'll tell you, there's two movies. Whenever it's on like TNT, I mm-hmm. have to stop and watch Shawshank Redemption. I was just going to say, if you said TNT, I'm like, he's going to say Shawshank. Shawshank and Groundhog Day. Yeah. I love both those movies. <laughs> Good choices. All right. See, we know who you are at this point. Yeah. At least least you have a good idea. All right. Next question here is, what is the worst business or investment advice you ever received? Uh, Make an investment based on lowering your taxes, right? Oh, yeah. If you buy that, you're going to get depreciation or you're going to get bonus depreciation or, you know, do this. Like, and just, it's only to mitigate taxes. It has nothing to do with the actual in intrinsic investment. And I may not even have an advantage in that area. I'm just doing it for lowering taxes. Right. I do hear that often from people out there. It's it's a tax write-off. It's like, it feels to me like more of a liability, but hey, just saying. Yeah. All right. Let's flip that equation. What is the best business or investment advice you ever received? Um, the best business advice I've ever received. Well, my, my mentor, Ori, told me, hey, Mark, you're not an entrepreneur. Don't insult me when I was doing everything myself. And he started teaching me like, hey, you know, start start getting yourself out of the business and become an actual business owner so that you should be able to travel around the world and this business is running without you. And so I didn't really have that concept out of investment banking. I just thought, oh, I just built myself a better job. Right, right. Yeah, good point. The automation, you really hit hit the nail on the head earlier in the in the episode. All right. And last question here is the time machine question. If you could go back in time to give your younger self advice, what age would you visit and what would you say? I'd be probably maybe 14. And I would say, learn how to meditate. And I think if that if I could just at that age and even today be able to observe my thoughts. And not take anything so personally, and you know, and just see like these stories that I'm telling myself. Oh my gosh, I'd relieve so much suffering, shot <laughs> so much. <laughs> Imagine, great advice. All right, and where can the audience reach you? Uh, I think the best place to go is thelandgeek.com. Thelandgeek.com. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time, Mark. This is great. Thanks, Sean. We'll see you. Hey, I just want to say thanks for checking out this podcast. I know you're 
time is valuable and there's a lot of other podcasts out there you could be listening to. So thanks for taking the time to listen to my guest's story. If you did enjoy this podcast episode, could you head over to iTunes and leave a five-star review? That would be much appreciated. Thank you. And last but not least, on this podcast, uh, some episodes we do talk about stocks. And please keep in mind, this podcast is for entertainment purposes only. So if you did hear any buy or sell recommendations, please don't make those decisions based solely on what you hear. All right. Thanks a lot. See ya.